Rick Madison here, Rick and Friends. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. And and I have with me a friend. Um, I've known her for a lot of years. And in fact, uh, well, I, I don't even know the first time we met, but we'll get into that later. Director of Operations, Sentez Automotive Group, President Kelowna Chamber of Commerce. Very relaxed today. Welcome, Pamela Pearson. Thank you for having me. Are you relaxed today? I, I mean, as relaxed as you can be with a microphone in your face. As a meticulous person, is these kind of interviews must just like they they must make the hair in the, the neck just go up. You know, I I uh, I I don't like being controversial. I just I like being a, a friendly, helpful, hardworking person, and sometimes uh, getting asked questions that you uh, don't know, might not know the answer to, or you don't know the, the particular question is coming is a little daunting. So, with the chamber, there's not. How long have you been in with the chamber now? So I. I'm about four and a half years in. Um, I was a director, uh, committee chair, and a secretary for three years, and just started uh, my fourth year uh, in March uh, as president. Would you say that you know 5%, 10%, 20%, 40%? Uh, of what the chamber? Yeah, all the stuff. Uh, I probably know 5%. There's okay. so much to know. There's so much history. The chamber is 116 years old uh, this year, uh, there's been so many amazing past presidents. There's been so much work that's happened uh, over the years. Uh, just even talking to some of the past presidents and the the um, experiences that they've had or the things that they've been involved with has been uh, amazing. And so, uh, yeah, I know very little. But what I always say is, what I lack in knowledge and experience, I will make up for with enthusiasm, passion, and excitement. The solutionator. I'm the solutionator. Okay, so you have this position, which is, um, why would you take that on? The chamber? Yeah, why would you do well, that? Um, when I first joined the chamber, I was voluntold. Um, that's kind of been a bit of a, a trend in my past. Sometimes I, I don't know uh, that I should be part of something until I'm told to be part of something. So who, who voluntold you? Well, the great Nikki check, uh, oh, yeah, saw yeah. something She's in me, pushy, hey? uh, very pushy and you don't say no, uh, you gotta love her. Um, and so, and she was president while I was a director and, um, I mean, I'm not the type of person who does anything halfway. Uh, if you're going to sign yourself up for something, you do it 150% or don't do it at all. So when I became a director, not in any stretch of the imagination did I think I was going to become president. But once you're in that role and you're doing the work and you're part of all of these things, that path just becomes natural. And um, I mean, it happened a little faster than I had anticipated. I don't think you normally become president after only being a director for three years. But uh, I'm here for it. And I'm going to embrace being uncomfortable because that's one of the reasons I, I said yes to this. You only grow when you do things that you might suck at. And uh, just trying to learn every day. And I have a really great support system in past presidents and uh, my vice president, Dan Price, and the team at the chamber. So I, I feel very supported to, to go into doing something that I might not have all the tools for. You don't strike me as a patient person. Well, I guess it depends on what the patience is for. Um, but uh, I'm I'm not about a lot of um, 
you know, talking about things. And yes, I'm an action oriented person. It's like, okay, we have a situation. Let's discuss it, come up with a pet plan and do it. And, you know, sometimes you make a decision and you fall on your face, but you learn from it and falling on your face is better than doing nothing. So you've got director of operations, president, Kelowna chamber of commerce, mom, uh, lots to do. How are you going to fit, fit this in by the way? Um, I get up at four in the morning. Uh, you know, every moment of my day is uh, very, I'm not so much structured, I mean a little structured, but um, very efficient. There's not a lot of wasted time and uh, I have a lot of checklists to make sure that nothing gets missed. You are a list person, aren't you? I, I sure am. <laughs> do you, do you, so what I do to make myself feel better, I create a list of stuff I've already done. Have you done that? Uh, no. I mean, that those things are already checked off. So you have to, like, the only thing on the list are the things. So now, when things are very chaotic, like they are right now, like part of um, being president this year, after there being no grand openings and ribbon cuttings and ceremonies and all these types of things, everyone's doing those things now, which I get invited to to, to be a part of. And uh, so when things are this busy... I used to just have a list of things to do. Now I have like a today list and a tomorrow list and a next day list. And uh, like there are things that have to be done each day. And hopefully you have a few extra minutes to fit something else in there, but very structured. Are you going to write a book? Never thought about it. No? I mean, I don't feel like I have uh, enough to write about yet, but maybe one day when I'm older and have less to do. So what are you not good at? That's a great question. Um, I am not good at car sales. Uh, tried that for six weeks. So why 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 did you not do good at that? Because it, you seem like you would know your information. You would be you'd push the deal forward because you know you're you're let's get going, let's get going. So what what fell short? Um, it's a little bit too. Um, not fast paced enough. And I mean, some, I'm sure some salespeople are like super busy and don't have a minute to themselves. But when you're first starting out, probably for your first two years, you're kind of like waiting for customers to come in. You don't have a, um, a client list to pull from. You don't have repeat customers coming in. So I found it a little too boring for me. Um, there's no, like, I didn't have a list of 70 things to do. So that was, uh, that was a little too, too boring for me. Uh, but also I started in sales when I was 23, I think, and I was no good at negotiating. Somebody like wanted to come in. I just wanted them to pay full price or I wanted to just give them the car because I did not want to deal with the negotiating part, uh, that like uncomfortable, like, yeah, that was not for me. I do the, yeah, yeah. No, that, that wouldn't, so you would, in a Mexico market, you will never barter for anything? No, I'm the worst. Nope. I just would pay full price. Yeah. I, uh, yes. Anytime I want something, I have to find either my husband or somebody else that's with us that's better at that stuff. They go and do it. Somebody got me a ring once because like, I really want that ring. And they went and negotiated because I would have just paid full price. I might've paid extra. (laughs) Okay. So you're, you took on this role as president of the chamber. You had a goal. You had a thought in mind. I know how you your your head works. What is that goal? What what is what is the thing that you want to look back on and go? I did that. Uh, personally, the goal was 
to be put in situations that make me uncomfortable and that I'm uh, have never done before. And uh, like I said before, I just I really wanted the to be pushed into doing uncomfortable things. So mission accomplished. Um, but for for my presidency at the chamber, um, you know, being in my current demographic, I find that I have the opportunity almost daily where people say, well, what does the chamber even do? And so having the opportunity to explain to them what the chamber does and that it isn't this old school, um, you know, organization. I mean, we've been around for 115, 116 years, but we are evolving and we're not that old school organization that it used to be. Not to say that there weren't great things that happened then, um, but, you know, we're in 2022 and that's the type of organization that we want to have. And um, I've had some great past presidents that um, I got to watch as I was a director for the last three years. And I hope to continue on that foundation of, um, you know, reimagining what the chamber is and making sure that young entrepreneurs who are highly invested in this community because they have businesses here, uh, that they want to be a part of the chamber. They want to be part of making this biz- this community better by investing their time and their money and um, having other people join them along the way. So for you to do all this stuff, uh, you must have an appreciation. It sounds like, does your husband see you at all? Uh, not as much as he would like. Um, uh, we've definitely had the conversation where it is it is very challenging to manage chamber, business, family life. Um, but it is only a year. Um, my my term will be wrapping up officially in March, but it starts to wind down kind of at the beginning of the year where Dan Price, the vice president, will take over uh, as president. Um, but you know, there's a little bit of give and take in all the parts of my life in order to, you know, give as much as I can be everything to everyone. And I know that, you know, in 10 or 20 or 30 years, I'm going to look back and think like, holy, that went by so fast. And I don't want to shortchange any part of my life. Um, So thankfully, everybody's very understanding. Uh, I have an understanding boss who lets me skip out of work to come do things like this. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and yeah, still trying to, to make sure that I fit all of the important pieces into the puzzle. So this, this wonderful husband of yours, did, did you just kind of say, I'll see you in a year? Kind of, because I mean, part of it is that I go to bed early because I get up at four in the morning to, you know, do some chores around the house and go to the gym and try to maintain a healthy lifestyle and do all of the work and chamber things. Um, and then there's, by the time you get home, there's not a lot of, not a lot of time left, but he is a wonderful chef. Uh, so he makes dinner uh, almost every single night. So we have lovely family dinners to be able to catch up on the activities of the day and then some pool time with the family uh, on the weekends. So definitely try to fit it all in. So he's a chef too. Um, yes, he is my chef. Wow. Yes. What's his, what's his favorite dinner plate? Mm, maybe steak. He's so, well, I mean, he's got so many wonderful meals. I feel lucky every day that, uh, that he cooks all of these delicious meals. If it was up to me, uh, we'd be eating out of the crock pot every night. Well, it's funny too. Cause when, whenever I told my kids I, I was cooking, they just grabbed their coats. <laughs> yeah. See you later. So you're, 
you're director of, of HR, but you actually don't do any hiring. But it seems like Sentez uh, has a, a way where you want people to fit into the culture. So what what tips and, and tricks and strategies do you employ to make sure that you do get the best candidate for that position? Yeah, so um, I mean, back in the day before we had the formal structure of like an HR department, I did all sorts of that stuff. But now we have a full team who each specializes in their own thing. So we have a lady named Alejandra, who is our HR recruiter, and she does all of the the posting job ads and, and reviewing resumes and interviews and references and things like that. So she um, becomes the expert in all of our positions. And uh, she can then, you know, if somebody applies for one position, but there actually is a better position for them, you know, she can pull uh, from different, uh, different dealerships, different departments, things like that. Uh, One of the things that I find really important right now is, um, because it's such a tough labor market out there, you don't want to have to go through this process more than you need to. So being really transparent with the candidates to say, you know, this is what the good, bad, and the ugly is at Centus Automotive. We want to, we want them to make a very educated decision. We want them to pick us as much as we pick them. And um, if you don't do that, if you, you know, try to pull the wool over someone's eyes or you don't give them the full story, you end up possibly losing them in a short period of time and having to do it again. So, um, and you know, we have really high expectations of our employees. We do want to be, you know, the top of the the list for people. We want people to want to come back to us. Um, so we have high expectations of the employees, but we also have high expectations of ourselves as a company to create a culture and an environment that is rewarding and challenging and fun. Um, and you know, we have a, an appreciation program in place where we, every month we take a, a different department and celebrate them in some sort of way, a different way for each different department. So, um, and you know, taking the time to sit down with employees and, and ask them how, how are things going? You know, is there anything that could be improved? What do you feel about this? So they can feel like they're part of something bigger, that their voice matters. And if there's something that isn't great about their their experience, if there's something that we can do about it, we do it. So what's funny about that is a lot of business people are listening to that going, there's no time. I don't have any time for that. I'm, I'm so busy trying to fill positions or running a skeleton crew. Who has time for appreciation, stuff like that? Why, why do you make time for that? You have to invest the time and maybe it means having an extra person who has the t- like creates the time for that but what happens and it, it has even happened to us in the past where if you focus too much on the the business and not enough on the people it all falls apart you have to focus on the people and I, I think there's I'm not sure what the saying is maybe it's a bit corny but you you have to focus on the people and then they take care of the business if you don't make them feel appreciated in this market they can go wherever they want okay so you get up at 4 a.m yes I do and and is that something that's evolved over time or is that something that just kind of happened because you have too much going on I mean I've always been a um, an early morning person. I don't think that maybe 4am has always been the time, but yeah, I'm definitely getting up earlier, uh, during this period in my life, just trying to fit everything in, making sure, you know, that the house is kept clean and that I can hit the gym and, you know, do all of the things, be everything to everyone. Now you had, uh, an injury, 
um, that would put you up for two months, which would have driven you insane. Yes, I had a full ankle reconstruction surgery um, that basically had me uh, stuck to the top floor of my house for a good two months. And then after that, it was very slow going. Um, thankfully it was during COVID. So there weren't a lot of places to go or, or people to see. So, uh, it wasn't as bad as it would be like right now. Um, but it, it made me realize how, that I didn't want to take for granted the fact that I could be up and mobile and doing whatever I wanted, um, and being active. So going to the gym and and doing things like that are really important. And, um, especially for the recovery at this point, um, I really, really want to get back into my beautiful high heel shoes for anybody who's been on this journey with me knows that I'm dying to get out of my running shoes. So I have baby heels on today and, and we're, uh, working towards the full, the full blown shoes again. How, how tough was that to fill your days though? Cause I mean, if, if you're lying in bed and, and again, I know a bit about you that you don't, you don't lie down. Oh anything. no. Uh, actually my days were totally full because I was still working. So I just had my laptop there with me and I was checking in with my team who was at the dealership and I was still like working basically as hard as I would just from my bed instead of my office. Okay. So you weren't not working. No, that okay. probably would have killed me. Okay, so let's talk a bit about the Sentez path you took. You you started as in sales. You didn't do good. You were actually finance manager or trying to be. That was the goal that I went into joining an, a dealership with. Uh, I wanted to be a finance manager after going to school for uh, my univer- pardon me university degree to be a teacher. Uh, taught for a year, realized. I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. And, you know, I had some some people in my life at the time who said I would be a great finance manager. So I was like, I'm going to give that a try. What else do I have to lose? Like when you spend your whole life thinking you're going to be a teacher and then all of a sudden you're not, then you're like, what the heck am I going to do? So um, I actually applied at pretty much every car dealership in Kelowna. And thankfully, Kelowna Mercedes-Benz, uh, Adam Rich and Colin Gingell took a took a risk on me, the very first sales girl ever. Um, they said, you know, you start in sales. If you're good at sales, then maybe you can become a finance manager. So I uh, sold cars for six weeks and uh, sold 12 cars, which isn't terrible. That's but decent, it was um, a lot of waiting around, especially when you are a new sales consultant when you don't have a, a client list or you don't have people returning to, to buy cars from you again and again. Uh, it's a hard place to start. And, you know, me and my list, there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough to do in that job. Uh, and also the 23 year old me was no good at negotiating. Um, I just wanted to give the cars away. <laughs> uh, I, I did not want that awkward moment where you have to try to like come to a price and, you know, you got to hold strong and let me go talk to my manager. And that was not for me. So, uh, thankfully Adam took uh, a chance on me and, uh, we had previously purchased, uh, Penticton Honda and Penticton Hyundai. And so we were just bringing them under the Sentis umbrella. So he said, well, why don't you come down there and help me figure out what we're going to do with these stores? So I just said, yes to helping with whatever anybody needed. I was the, I was the go girl to do whatever needed to be done. Um, and so 
I just continued saying yes and and being a solutionator, being given things that I had no idea how to do and just digging in until you figure it out. Uh, uh, Until 2014, when I had said yes to so many pieces of the puzzle that I had too much stuff I couldn't do it all by myself. So that's when I my team began to grow, where I uh, I brought Danielle on, and uh, she's been with me since 2014. And uh, we have added a few others over the years. So we are a team of five that kind of oversee all of the um, operational type of things that keep Sentis Automotive running as one company instead of four separate rooftops. Obviously, there are things that happen uh at each rooftop, but all of the things that like HR and IT management and events and dealing with vendors and things like that, that all happens kind of with our team. So let's talk a bit about the onboarding process for Sentez. Um, it, it always used to, to throw me when uh, a business would give, you know, 200 bucks to t- go take Barry out for lunch uh, because he's leaving. And uh, so they didn't have this big luncheon and then you find out, Barry also likes scuba diving and someone else on the team likes scuba diving and they start chatting and then and then Barry leaves going, man, what a great crew. But what's interesting is they didn't spend any money or time or resources when Barry first got hired. They just said sink or swim and get going and hopefully you work out. And and it's it's odd because we almost seem to have it opposite in North America. And and I'm not sure if that's just the culture we're in or what it is, but it seems like you've taken a, a pathway of really making sure that people knew exactly what's expected of them and and then with all the warts and everything else, but also spending the time and the resources to try and make sure that they are supported. And and I think it's paying dividends. I don't know if you keep metrics around that. But. We, we sure do. We actually, we have all sorts of, of measurements. Uh, Danielle keeps track of things like that, like nobody's business. Um, and we actually... Uh, recently hit our lowest turnover ever in our company history, which basically means the fewest number of people have left our company versus previous years. And um, the reason that that is the well, there's all sorts of reasons that that's happening. But one of the reasons is that we're making sure that the person is the right person to join the team in the first place. You're not just hiring a body because you need a seat filled. You know, you have to spend the time and make sure that it's a match for both parties. And then, you know, there's the whole onboarding process where they feel like you've actually prepared for them and that you're invested in their success and then training and follow up. And, you know, the managers play a huge role in making sure that their teams feel supported. And then we, the sort of our operations team provides additional support to check in with, with um, employees. Danielle will meet with people who've been with the company for four months or 14 years and just ask how are things going? Is there anything that we could improve? And we really try to take action on the things that are actionable. You take action on the things that are actionable? <laughs> yeah. That's good. I mean, some people take get, they ask for feedback and then they don't do anything with it. We actually do things with the feedback that we get or we try to at least your action that's right people okay i'm asking the president to the chamber of commerce uh why i should join the chamber and you've got 16 floors to convince me otherwise or uh, well to join i think that you should join the chamber because 
you are a business person in our community. You work here. And the Chamber's goal is to make business better and more fun and more profitable for everybody. And there are different pieces to the Chamber. You could just come for networking events if you want to grow your business. You could come for the educational pieces or the celebrations like Top 40 Over 40. Or you could just simply invest with your membership in the Kelowna Chamber to do all of the policy and advocacy work that happens behind the scenes that most people never find out about, that go to the BC government, the the, um, federal government, and really go towards making business better in Kelowna. It's uh, September uh, or October or November. Dr. Henry has has introduced some new restrictions around business. Um, I want my chamber to, to stand up for me. Um, because I'm a small business owner, I I need to stay open. What do you do? Yes, that is actually one of the things that we dealt with uh, when restrictions were previously in place. And one of the things that we did was we surveyed the members. And what we realized is that there are people on very opposite ends of that spectrum. And it's a challenging place to be because we do want to support all of our members. But when you have such opposing views, if you support one, that means you're maybe not supporting the other or it appears that you're not. And, you know, that can cause some trouble. And if you take no stance, that can also cause cause problems. Um, so the thing that I'm like really optimistic about is that I feel like businesses have really figured out how to do business in a COVID world, even though we're kind of post-pandemic now, but but people still wear masks if if they're either ill or they want to keep themselves safe. Um, There are still businesses that have, you know, some of the, the... the things in place that that had been mandated before because they feel that that's what makes their business a safe place to be. So I'm I'm really hopeful that, first of all, it doesn't come to that, but also that uh, businesses can do what works for them to keep their employees and their customers safe. Do you believe it's in the best interest of uh, management, stakeholders, owners to just party hard to let employees know it's okay to have fun? I mean... You do have to uh, allow the team to feel like they can have fun. I mean, there's limits. You have to, you have to, you can't, yeah, I mean, you have to have some limits. But I think it's really important for, uh, especially if you're not working in the same building or in the same department, when you have the opportunity to go out and and hang out with your, your teammates, that you show them that it's it's okay to have a good time. We recently took one group of our, our staff to craft. Uh, we rented the rooftop patio and had uh, some food and some drinks. And it was, I, I got some feedback after the fact that one of the employees who probably had, hadn't really spent any time with me, I'm just the person behind all of the emails, said like, oh, like they're actually kind of fun. So, I mean, it's, I'm glad that we are in this place now where we can start doing those things again, because all during COVID, everybody's kind of locked down to their own, their own department or their own dealership and, and people aren't going around too much. So being able to get out with the team is, uh, is a welcome event. Cross-pollination. Can we call it that? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk a bit about your boss, uh, the other principal, I guess, uh, man about town, Adam Rich, who hates these things. Um, now Adam, what I what I do like about him, and, and you can probably share some stories too, but he's a car geek. Whatever whatever I'm selling, no matter what 
he has an opinion, a thought. What about the trim wreck? Hey, how are the tires? What kind of mileage are we talking about? Is it manual, automatic? Like he's a car nut and I'm a car nut. So we, we instantly, we could spend so much time just talking about cars. Oh, totally. And and I bet if if nothing else, he probably had a matchbook set, matchbox uh, set that rivaled my own growing up. But he strikes me as that kind of guy. Like he's he's actually involved, passionate about the business. Absolutely. Not only from like the automotive level, but also the business level. Uh, you ask him any stat about anything like numbers, he he knows it all. Uh, yeah, he's very invested in in the whole operation. He really is forward thinking, is sort of calm, cool and collected and really has a vision for the future of our company and um, how to make it a great place for our employees to come to work every day, a great place for our customers and guests to come and purchase and service their vehicles. I tell people all of the time that if I'm half the leader that he is, I will have succeeded in my career. What's interesting, when COVID first came in, uh, what I saw was some dealerships reacted differently to the news. They just canceled all their orders, which, you know, and it, the, the data was still coming out of what we were facing. So uh, some canceled all their orders. And, and what I found interesting was it was just business as usual for him. Yes. he's He does have that really... Um, sort of solution-focused mindset. He doesn't get all hyper about things and like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? He really steers the ship super strong, super confident, and all of us just felt like this is we're going to be able to handle whatever comes at us because of how he handled the whole thing um, and really empowered all of us team members to take a leadership role in you know making sure that the staff room was set up the way that it was supposed to and our guest lounges were set up and all of the things that we had to do. Um, we all knew what we had to do and we all just went and did it. And yeah, he's he's a, a great calm leader that way. Although his, let's face it, um, his wife is really the fun part of the family. I mean, I just love her the most. Yes. Uh, yes. She's a shining star. Great to hang out with and uh, one of my favorite people. Okay. So your mom... Chamber of Commerce, President, Director of Operations, Centers Automotive Group. You're doing a bunch of stuff. What three issues do you think municipal elected officials have to look at in incoming, um, and of course, current president, current council mayor? But what 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 few topics do you think they should address? Well, one that is top of mind, I think, for a lot of people, and I know that there's lots of work already being done about it, but is the homelessness in Kelowna and uh, all of the the complicated pieces to that puzzle that uh, create the issues that we have. Um, Housing, like coming from my own business, is like if you can't have your staff find an affordable place to live, they move away. So affordable housing is definitely um, top of mind. When I'm out talking to people, that's one of the things that uh, among like labor shortages, that's just exacerbating it because people can't afford to live. Um, And then of course we have the the fastest growing city in Canada and uh, transportation is always uh, top of mind when it comes to really fast growing communities. Okay, lovely day uh, with with Pamela Pearson, who's Director of Operations, Centers Automotive Group, President, Chamber of Commerce. 
did the discovery luncheon raise like well well over millions like wow like you're kind of doing it all do do your friends find you irritating because because you do all that stuff i mean you'd probably have to ask them <laughs> they don't tell me to my face but maybe behind my back i hope i i hope I inspire them instead of annoy, annoy them. Okay, that's good. Well, listen, it's been a hoot, and uh, I knew it would be. So, uh, you know, we'll get you back on the big show. We'd love it. <laughs>